Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. What's up, everybody? It's Bo here with another Rings of Power TV talk. Okay, so as I mentioned last week, this trajectory of this series is heading in the right direction. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. Uh, we did get the confirmation that, yes, the Southlands has, in fact, been transformed, transformed? transformed into Morador. We also get to spend a lot of good time with the Harfoots. You know, overall, all right, so just back it up here real quick, because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking throughout this entire series, you can definitely see that we're heading to the end of the season, but moreover, you can see that they're trying to set things up for the series in a long in like in the long haul. A lot of times when you start off in these like first seasons, you have this massive supporting cast or this massive group of extras. And uh yeah, Volcano took care of a lot of extras, so we won't be seeing as much of them in the future. And then the over on the Harfoots, this whole situation that they find themselves in where they're going off after the guy that could be Gandalf or could be Sauron. Uh, you know, we only have now, you know, three or four of them, right? So like we're we're condensing down our cast to our main characters with most of the extras and supporting cast being either cast to the side or killed by a volcano, which is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It means we're leaning things up. It gives us a chance to really dive into those that we have remaining and like unpack their stories and figure out what makes them tick, what's going on here. The Harfoot storyline, I enjoyed kind of going back and kind of getting the sense of this like, you know, uh, pre-Hobbit group to some extent. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we may even see like from these Harfoots kind of a settling. We see that their entire uh, convoy essentially has been completely eradicated and therefore they no longer have any place to go. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they're far too close to Mount Doom, given the fact that, you know, some volcano came down and, and hit them. I mean, they're, they're clearly out on the outskirts, but regardless, they need to be much further away, I believe, from where they currently are if they're going to settle in the Shire, which I don't know that they're going to. I mean, again, I don't think that the Harfoots are supposed to be the ones that settle the Shire, but the series does its own thing, and that's okay. For example, we also finish out the series with the Balrog being not just showcased, but somewhat awakening. That shouldn't happen yet in the timeline. Uh, but my guess is that we're going to, because why not? This movie, or rather, this, this series does a lot to set things up for the movie universe, more so than pull from the books. Yes, it is pulling from the books, and there is that inspired source material, but this is very much a prequel to the film trilogy, uh, I guess to both film trilogies, really, and we're seeing that throughout. A great example of this is what's going on with Mithril. In the movies, there was that necklace that Arwen wore and she gave it to Aragorn and it was like this kind of like, oh, it's the light of the thing and then if you take it away, then that means you're choosing a mortal life and yada, yada, yada. It seems as though that what's really going on is that that is somehow mithril that's kind of been forged into some sort of silver locket. In fact, I have a feeling that what we saw at the end of this kind of back and forth between the elves and the dwarves and the one little piece of mithril that makes it out of there, I bet that's going to get forged into that necklace that we're going to see many years later in Lord of the Rings. That just, it, it, it's starting to kind of come together. That whole concept though was something that was created specifically for the films. That was never anything in the books. And so you can kind of see they're pulling from what was established within their own lore and then pulling from the source material to kind of create this merger of the two. 
we do see that, you know, Mithril is kind of like the cure to elven cancer to some extent. In so much as we we see through Durin the fact that he wants to help his friend, you know, there's a there's a really strong connection between these two. You did get like when they get busted <laughs> Busted for mining the Mithril. Uh, it did It did kind of have the whole, like, you know, dad busted in on him and his boyfriend type situation. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just it, it had that kind of vibe. But regardless, it, you know, the dad has, makes a ton of what we, as the audience, know to be very legitimate points. Because by mining that Mithril, not only will it waken, awaken this Balrog apparently now, but it will be the destruction of the entire kingdom. Like, literally, mining for Mithril will destroy their kingdom, their people, uh, some of the characters from The Hobbits we see later on as corpses in Lord of the Rings because of the actions and the decisions taken right now by Durin. And so, you know, and as much as we want to side with him because he's looking out for his buddy, you know, he and his wife are like really fired up about this. It's like, this is supposed to be our kingdom. Like, you know, he's, he, you know, dad's just hanging on by a thread. We should be the one making these calls so we can help out our, our friends and allies and loved ones. And the problem is we know that that's going to cost them everything in the long run. And if I had to guess, I think it's probably also going to cost somebody their life. I believe the Balrog kills Durin, right? Like the Balrog was known as Durin's bane. And so it's very possible that Durin is digging to his own, like, like literally digging his own grave, or they may twist it further and make it so that the Balrog in some form or fashion kills his dad. I don't know. It's, it's, it's questionable as to what's going to happen. Now, the other thing that's kind of questionable about all this is I don't know, and I'm not as familiar with the lore, but I don't know how the Balrog's going to get back in the ground because technically speaking, if it does wake up now and it does do some destruction, it needs to kind of go back to bed for, you know, many years because Moria continues to be a kingdom, you know, and like for several years, several generations, in fact, before the Balrog kind of comes back, wipes out everybody. That happens in Gimli's lifetime, right? So from that standpoint, uh, I'm, I'm just curious if like the battle with the Balrog is really going to be more about putting it back to sleep or locking it away with the hopes that like, okay, we, we must never dig past this point. And that'll be kind of the setup for the future dwarves being like, yeah, you know what? That Balrog, that was just probably like a myth, right? Let's just, let's just push it just a little bit further. Come on. We get a little bit more of this Mithril. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just, just do it. And then that's, then that's, you know, then they, they, they all die. That's just my speculation on that one right now. We are the humans are going to an old Numenorean encampment somewhere that is in what used to be the Southlands, or at least right outside of what is now uh, Mordor. Uh, one imagines this could be the formation of Gondor. Uh, we could actually see that, uh, and I, I almost guarantee we will see that in this series, but we could see that in uh, as early as next episode. You know, the, the concept between, you know, the pull of light and dark. I love this theme that they're playing around with. And it makes sense for so many of these characters. As we talked about, like, they're either destined for heroes or villains. Like, literally all of our heroes right now comprise a group of people who will either die heroes or live long enough to become villains. And I'm eager to see that play out. I really am. And I'm eager to like them more. I, I find that the ones that we know are kind of marching towards the detriment of their, I guess, society, their people, whatever you would, I mean, Middle Earth as a whole. Like, it, there's something fascinating about that. It's almost like a train wreck, you know what I mean, that we're watching. <laughs> and, and so much as like, literally, we know this is all headed towards doom. And yet, 
you know, as we go along, we allow ourselves to get emotionally connected to some of these characters. As Sealdor is missing, but we know he's going to be back, and we know that horse is going out to get him. So uh, looking forward to having him come back in some sort of epic proportion, epic way. And then, of course, we did get uh, reintroduced, I should say, uh, to this kind of group, right? You have these five, like, cloaked figures, uh, one of which is carrying a large staff that appears to have an eye on it. They're, like, very, very white, except for their fingers, which are very kind of blackened. And I've been wondering about these folks. I'm starting to wonder if they are, like, the necromancers or, like, some sort of, like, dedicated group of acolytes of some sort. Uh, they're clearly looking for the stranger. And honestly, this just kind of furthers my theory that the stranger is in fact Sauron. I'm, I'm hoping that we get that confirmation or get the big reveal of who he is and what he's all about next week. Uh, it, I think that's the safe money, honestly, to see where it all goes. But anyway, that's going to do it for me for this week. Let me know what your thoughts are. You enjoying this? You ready for uh, the uh, the last few episodes here? Or is it the last episode? I have no earthly idea. I should probably check that. But you know what? It's a mini. They don't get checked. You'd get checked. Uh, yeah. Anyway, follow us at tvtalk.fm for all of our contact information and more. That's going to do it for me for this week. But don't worry. I'll be back in a flash. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.